Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Catherine Morehouse. In the coming weeks, the Biden administration is expected to roll out guidance that interprets a key piece of the Inflation Reduction Act's electric vehicle tax credit. The guidance will address who EV manufacturers can and can't work with and how manufacturers can source their materials. See, there are billions of dollars on the line for some EV companies as the administration tries to sort through its priorities. On the one hand, Biden wants to boost the number of EVs on U.S. roads to meet his climate goals. But on the other hand, he wants to prevent China from dominating the EV supply chain. So today... We chat with Politico's James Baikalis about Treasury's dilemma, along with the major political and climate stakes. It's Monday, November 6th. So the Treasury Department guidance on foreign entities of concern will play a huge role in how the EV tax credit plays out over the next couple of years. On the one hand, you have EV advocates and environmental groups saying that the EV tax credit needs to remain as broad as possible to ensure that, you know, as many cars as possible qualify and that can help spur EV adoption, which is one of Biden's primary goals. On the other hand, you have China hawks, especially in Congress, like Joe Manchin and Marco Rubio, who are very concerned about the fact that EV supply chains are still dominated by China, and they want to avoid the EV tax credit being an economic boon to Beijing. So this guidance on foreign entities of concern has been delayed since it was initially expected to come out with the guidance on the rest of the tax credit early this year. But it's been delayed, and automakers told us that As a result of that delay, they're holding on to billions of dollars in investment because they're not sure what they need to do exactly to build up their supply chains in the United States to ensure that their cars continue to qualify for the credit. Got it. Okay. And then taking a step back, this Treasury rule actually has big implications for the Biden administration. On one hand, Biden is facing a lot of pressure to look tough on China and other adversaries. Why is that so important when it comes to this Treasury rule? Right. So, you know, China still continues to dominate the global supply chain for critical minerals and a lot of the components that go into EV batteries. As the Biden administration seeks to move towards this goal of making 50% of car sales electric by 2030, they're having to confront the fact that rapidly building up uh, production capacity for EVs is going to require a wholesale shift in the supply chains to the United States. And, you know, that's going to take a few years at least to happen. And so that's why rules like this foreign entities provision are so important, because the foreign entities provision sets really a binary prohibition. After a certain date, Automakers aren't allowed to use any components coming from suppliers from any foreign entity of concern, including China, which could heavily restrict the automakers' supply chains, given that they haven't had the time yet to shift those to the United States. 
Interesting. Okay, so I get why the China piece is concerning then. But on the other side, if the administration takes a narrow interpretation of this rule, that could actually hurt its own EV adoption goals, given the current state of our domestic supply chains, right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, So automakers are really concerned that a strict interpretation of this rule has been pushed by some of the China hawks in Congress. The automakers are concerned that that kind of strict interpretation would make it essentially impossible for them to meet the sourcing requirements in the EV tax credit. And as a result, they could either just continue manufacturing vehicles that don't qualify for the credit And then American drivers just won't buy them because EVs continue to be more expensive than gas-powered cars. Got it. Okay. And let's talk about the actual implementation of this rule whenever it's released. You're reporting that for automakers, the Treasury's decision on how to measure and enforce the requirements could be even more important. Why is that? Yes. So the guidance on this rule is expected to come out in the next couple of weeks, Treasury has said by the end of the year, there's really two main questions that Treasury is going to have to answer with this guidance. The first is how they're actually defining foreign entity of concern. So we know that the countries of concern are China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea. What we don't know is what companies or joint ventures or subsidiaries that have ties to those countries are going to be implicated by the provision. So first, automakers need to know know, what types of suppliers they are allowed to work with, even if it might be an American subsidiary or some kind of joint venture that's located outside of China. And then the second main question with this guidance is how it will be measured and enforced. So automakers are pushing for Treasury to include what's called a de minimis threshold, which is something that has a lot of precedent in other trade policy, like NAFTA and the USMCA. There's this just a threshold for tiny traces, essentially, of, say, battery minerals or or critical minerals that come from, you know, a supplier that might otherwise be considered a foreign entity of concern. Automakers want those tiny trace amounts to be excluded because they say it would be incredibly difficult for them to trace every minuscule bit of battery material that gets into their vehicles. So those two pieces, the definition and the measurement piece, are really the two things that automakers and the China hawks on the hill are going to be looking to when this guidance comes out. Also, on Friday, the House approved a $25 billion fiscal 2024 funding bill for the EPA and Interior Department that included major cuts. The measure would dramatically slash funds for the agencies and the Biden administration's climate change priorities, $21 billion below what the president requested for the two agencies. However, the funding bill has no hope of passing the Democratic-controlled Senate or being signed by President Joe Biden. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com power switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. And that's our show. I'm Catherine Morehouse, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. 
Chevron is working to responsibly meet rising energy demand across their U.S. operations, like at their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand.